0: and Welcome back to Word of Truth. I pray that you are well and that you are blessed. So today we are talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers and we are keeping it biblical. So we're going to dive into the New Testament today and we are going to look at what the Bible has to say about the fivefold ministry. So I wanted to strip it back all the way, not taking it from, we can, oftentimes it's so easy to Look at how we do things. Look at people that we know. Look at circumstance, or so allow our lives even to be the pattern or the picture of how we pick, how we view things. But I wanted to really ship it back in this. I just felt really led to ship it all the way back and just look specifically using scripture to define the fivefold ministry. What are each of these offices, and how does the Bible define them? So <clears throat> we're not going to touch on absolutely everything today, but there's going to be a few key points that the Lord has pulled out or joined my attention that I will bring in this video so I pray that you guys are blessed by this so let's jump into it so I'm going to start off by reading Ephesians 4 verse 11 and it says this and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers so my first point today is actually that even though we call it the fivefold ministry, there's actually four offices. When we look here, there's only four groups of some that are actually mentioned. It's some apostles, that's the first group, some prophets, that's the second, some evangelists, that's the third, and some pastors and teachers. And I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 12:28, and I'm going to show that there as well. The 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says this, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing helps governments diversities of tongues. I'm going to read 29 as well just so that I've read it for today. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. So, I'm really going to dive into the things, these things, and I'm going to go, there's going to be quite a few things I'm going to mention today. So my first point, as I said, is that there are actually four offices, not five. Even though we say the 5 ministry, there's actually four offices, four groups of some. Going back to First Corinthians 12, it says, again, God has set some in the church. And when we say the church, I wanted to first of all pull out that point. We're not only talking about the local assembly, we are talking about the body of Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ, right? And so the body of Christ, and if you've watched any of our teaching or listened to any of our teachings here at Purity International, you know that one of the things the Lord has revealed to us is that there are actually four typed or 5 four ministry call-ins. So even though we, we've known for a long time, and as I, my, I think my previous video is about, are you ready for new wine? Really starting to delve into those things. There are four types of five, five-fold ministry call So today we're talking about the offices, but there are four, essentially four groups of the four sections of the body of Christ that you could be called to. You could be called to the local body of Christ, you could be called to the cross-cultural body of Christ, or we also call that the universal body of Christ. You could be called to the social, a social group in the body of Christ, your social group in the body of Christ, or you could be called to your a civil group in the body of Christ. So when we're saying that God has set some in the church, we're talking about these offices are set in the body of Christ. The five-fold ministry, which is what a feed Ephesians 4 goes on to tell us, as we know, is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So the five ministry offices are given to equip the body. So God has set these. They are established. They cannot be changed. Okay? These are set in the church. And it says, First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. And then it says, after that, miracles. Then it says, So for me, those are the four offices. I'm going to touch on those again in a minute. But after that, it says, it says after it says then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of the tongue. So these last one, two, three, four, it just says then. Okay, so these are for other other set offices, other set roles, other set gifts. So we've got spiritual gifts and we've got I really believe that helps and governments is speaking about deacons and bishops. And I'll go I'll see if the Lord leads me to see as to why I believe that. But sticking on apostles prophet then it says 30 teachers i really believe i'm gonna through this teaching highlight what i believe the lord is revealing about the teaching office teaching office here but i believe it is a combined of pastor teacher in terms of the office not speaking about the the public leadership position of bishop or elder which i'll go into in today's teaching if you carry on listening and then it says after that miracles so i really believe that this office miracles is speaking about the evangelist. And again, I'm going to go into why I believe that. And so, go into verse 29, it says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers. Then it says, have all the gifts. So, with these ones... With apostle, prophet, teacher and miracles, it's speaking about people. Are, is everyone these office? Is everyone these gifts? Is everyone this people? Whereas when it speaks about healing and tongue, which are spiritual gifts, which is lifted, uh, manifestation gifts of the spirit, which are listed earlier in First Corinthians 12, it's speaking about gifts that you can have. So, the fivefold ministry are people, whereas the manifestation gifts of the spirit are gifts that you can have and it's the spirit that manifests them as he wills. So, this is my introduction point. There are four offices revealed in scripture and I'm going to go into this now. So, my second point today is, we're going to start off looking at the apostle. So, my, my point is this. being Before being separated or appointed, for the calling or the work of apostles apostles are trained as either pastors or teachers as pastors and teachers or both or either or or like i say and or pastors and teachers okay so there's a notion in this body of christ where apostle is like an upgrade Okay, and I I understand where that's come from and how that's come to be. But when I was, I'm going to share how the Lord has revealed it to me. So I'm going to start off with an example as to say that apostle, before being released or appointed or separated for your work as an apostle, you are trained. So rather than saying you are all these other offices, you're actually just being trained as as a prophet and as a teacher, or as a teacher right so I'm going to use examples I'm going to start off with, with my first example is going to be Barnabas and Saul So let's go to Acts 13 So this teaching is probably going to be the longest word of truth video or te- uh, if you're listening on podcast the longest teaching that I've done for word of truth but I pray that you will stay with me and that you will be blessed by this so acts 13 says this now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean and had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Okay, so as we can see, in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers now we know that barnabas and saul who became Paul, are apostles because i'll go into it the bible reveals this now many would some could say that this proves that they were prophets and teachers right or that apostle is an upgrade but it actually says the holy ghost says separate me barnabas and saul for the work whereunto i have called them this reveals that when they were operating, and I believe that these two were specifically operating as teachers because of other scriptures that I will share in a moment, were operating as teachers in this assembly, were actually not fulfilling their calling yet. So though they were operating as teachers, that was not their calling. And if you know anything about this ministry, the Lord has called us to help raise five four ministers of sonship, and we speak about the process of sonship very often. So... There's a process that God wants to take us through as five of ministers to become sons of God so that we can fulfil our calling, right? And so that we can multiply after his image and likeness because we've become his image and likeness. So at this point, what we can really say is that if you're an apostle, you would have known that you're an apostle. I personally do not believe this thing where it's like you discover you're an apostle once you've like as an upgrade sort of thing right because the scriptures does doesn't show that when paul had an encounter with jesus he knew his calling from them but he was just not yet stepping into it but when the holy ghost said separate me paul barnabas and saul for the work i called them called them to this this is a indicator that they actually knew what that work was already but now was the time that they were going to be separated for it okay so they were acting as teachers but they were not yet fulfilling their calling so that wasn't their calling so it's not an upgrade it's a case that they were operating as teachers still in the process of training and not yet actually released for the work, not yet operating in their calling as apostles but their grace their function and i'll use i'm going to use the term grace because when we look at ephesians 4 it talks about let me just quickly go there it says this but unto every one of us this is verse seven is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay, so they had they were so even though they were operating as teachers, they were teaching from the grace of an apostle. Other people could teach from the grace of a prophet and teach. You can teach from the grace of an evangelist and teach. Okay, but they were teaching, but from the grace of an apostle. So even though that they weren't, they, they were actually apostles who were teachers, but they weren't fulfilling their calling yet. They weren't fulfilling the work that they were called to as apostles. And we see that it's only when they were fulfilling the work that the scripture makes a distinction of them as apostles. So there's that distinction, but it's not an upgrade. They were already had the calling. They already were apostles. It wasn't just, a, I'm going to now have a higher title to become apostles. That was already their grace. So I'm going to read some more scriptures. So it says this. Um, so I'm going to read uh, verses 40, Acts 13, verse 46 and 46. 47 and this is just to show that it's not just Paul that was called to the to the Gentiles because sometimes we can think that right so even Barnabas it was Barnabas's call too so Barnabas already had this calling but he wasn't yet stepping into it so Barnabas he was the one who brought Paul to Antioch he was still Saul at the time I was going to say Paul for the sake of keep on trying to go between the names but he was the one who brought Saul to Paul to Antioch right and it was the judean church i believe or was it the church in jerusalem the church in jerusalem that sent barnabas to antioch in the first place so even though barnabas was doing ministry this is what we have to make a clear distinction he was doing ministry but he was not fulfilling his calling at either because both paul and barnabas were called to the gentiles it says this in verses 46 and 47 of acts 13 then paul and barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of god should first have been spoken to you speaking to jews but seeing you put it from you and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life lo we go to the gentiles for so hath the lord commanded us saying i have set thee to be a light to the gentiles that thou shalt be for salvation unto the ends of the earth so they were both called remember the holy ghost said separate me barnabas and saul so it was both of them that had this calling so even though barnabas was in ministry even though paul was in ministry as teachers because again if i go back to acts 11 when um barnabas was sent from the from the church in jerusalem he was sent there where does it say this now in verse 26 it says and when he found him speaking about finding Saul he brought him onto Antioch and it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people they were operating as teachers they were teaching from their greatest apostles but they were not yet fulfilling their calling okay so I'm going to leave that there in terms of showing Paul and, Paul and Barnabas I'm going to now use Silas as an p- example of an apostle who was trained more so in a prof- prophet kind of way, as opposed to being specifically a teacher, you know. And so, so, Silas, we see Silas in Acts fifteen, and it says this. Acts we see find Silas in the church in Jerusalem, and again, he's a ministry. The Acts fifteen verse twenty two says this. Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the, apost- among the brethren. So, this is when there was a dissension among the brethren, and I've done, a, this was probably my first word of truth video actually, dealing with dissensions among the brethren that the Lord had me do, speaking about Acts 15. I think I did the first two videos it was based on Acts 15, so you go and check those out if you haven't checked them out already. But so they've basically, the Paul and Barnabas have come to Jerusalem and they've had this council meeting with the elders and apostles and now even with the church they've made a decision to send men of their own company and it says that Silas and Judas were chief men among them so they were leaders amongst the people in the church in Jerusalem but they themselves were leaders so we see Silas here is actually already operating in ministry okay but It says both Judas and Silas. So we know that Silas was called a prophet because it says this in verse 32. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Okay, so both Judas and Silas said this, but we see now we start to see a distinction between Judas and Silas. So, whereas Silas goes back, it says, and after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles, notwithstanding it pleased Silas to abide there still. We see a separation. Judas goes back to this type of ministry he was going because he was a prophet. That was his. Ministry—that was his calling. He was fulfilling it, but there was something more in Silas. He already knew that it wasn't a—it wasn't just a, a new thing. Hmm, I feel like upgrading myself. It was already in him, okay. And it says this: um If I go now to Acts, for if I'm going to just carry on reading, it says this. Paul and ba- also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after Paul said to Barnabas let us go again and visit our brethren of every city, in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John whose surname was Mark but Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto to Cyprus. Suppressed. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended of the brethren unto the grace of God. That's so important. And so that's so important because Silas was recommended because of the grace that he already had unto the grace of God. He already had this grace to be able to do the apostolic work. Okay, so even though he was previously in ministry doing the things of a prophet, which is exhorting the brethren with many words and confirming them, he had a calling that he was not yet fulfilling, which he began to fulfill with Paul. And we know that Silas was an apostle because we see that in 1 Corinthians 13. And if you haven't watched my video about uh, do apostles still exist today? I believe it's called that, something like that. Then uh, I encourage you to watch that because that's about other apostles apart from the 12 and Paul and Barnabas. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 1 says this Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in Judea which is sorry which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and he's continuing right and we go to chapter 2 verse 6 it says not with not nor of men sought we glory neither of you nor yet of others when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of christ so we speaking of paul sylvanus and Timothy. so timothy paul silas and timothy were all apostles the bible reveals it there so here we see apostles and my key point is this your grace as an apostle is set remember god has set some give he gave some 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 and it says he set first apostles right In terms of order, and it says that. So my point is this: your grace as an apostle is set, but there is a process. There is a process. It's not an upgrade. You don't just feel like, hmm, I'm a prophet. I feel like having a higher title, so I'm going to give myself the title of apostle. You already have the grace, or you don't. It's not something you can become. You are it, or you're not. You already have the grace, or you're not. It's set. You cannot change your position in the body of Christ. So if you're an apostle already, you may not be fulfilling your calling yet. That's the distinction because there's a process the Lord may be training you as a teacher he may be training you as a prophet but there's a calling so you will see a distinction but where someone else may just stay in that office of how just doing the teaching thing you have a calling for more to bring order to establish communities and churches you have an additional grace that you're not yet stepped into an additional calling that you're not a calling that you haven't stepped into yet and you know if i same thing if if you're doing a prophet thing where you already you know you already travel to speak or you already go to churches and exhort the brethren or do it within the local assembly or the the fellowship that you're already part of but the lord has not yet released you for the calling that you know that you have you know that you have it already okay so it's very important i'm going to just read galatians 1 because again Like I said, Paul, when he encountered Jesus, Jesus told him at the beginning that he was called to the Gentiles. Jesus, he already knew he had an apostolic calling. He already knew he was an apostle, called to be an apostle. It was already known. It's not something that he just like thought. "Hmm, I feel like being an apostle. Like it's just, it just doesn't work like that. Galatians one says that he was even separated from his mother's womb. So verse fifteen, it says this. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace from his mother's womb, so it was established way back when. You don't just choose, I'm going to be an apostle, you already have the grace. So it's not something, just emphasising it's not an upgrade thing because it's really, we need to get our mindset out of it and I understand the the thinking of I'm a prophet now I'm an apostle, I'm a teacher now I'm an apostle, but it's not necessarily in terms of your grace, you're actually teaching from the grace of an apostle, You're you're actually prophesying or exhorting from a grace of an apostle, you're just not yet in your calling so it's really understanding that distinction so it may sound like semantics but it's really important because when we have an idea that there's an upgrade thing we still don't understand love and we don't understand god's ways because even though the bible says first apostle is really about order that like jesus doesn't have this thing where it's like people are better or we he talked about leaders are not supposed to lord it over so this idea that i'm an apostle you must all serve me it's just so not the kingdom and it's like it's first in, ta- in terms of god has to use an apostle to start a work or to to establish a work and to set order and i'm going to speak about that a little bit by the grace of god but it's just emphasizing that for that point and just lastly yeah so just saying as it's acts 9 obviously when he meets jesus and jesus tells him or jesus reveals it so we don't see the conversation where he says it to him but jesus says it's ananias and he says this in verse 15 but the lord said unto him go thy way for he is the chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the gentiles and kings and the children of israel but I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. His calling was known from the beginning. It's not like it was a later thing. He, so obviously, it doesn't matter what our calling is. We don't know the full picture. Paul didn't know he's going to, have to be in prison. He's going to write to the Gentiles. He's going to write the, the New Testament. He didn't know that details, but he knew his calling okay and so he just had to wait until the appointed time to be separated for the work so the terminology is really important and the understanding of it is very important your grace is set your your office is set but you may not yet be s- operating or separated for the work so i pray that bless you. i'm going to move on to number, number three point number three which is new testament prophets we're going to look at the new testament prophet now and they can do a lot this idea that you know if someone's established in churches or if someone has their own ministry that they must be an apostle it's just not again it's not we can see through the scriptures i'm going to read them the prophet can do a lot <laughs> they really can do a lot so i'm going to start with acts 11 i'm going to start with um acts 11 verse 27 and it says this and no and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout the whole, all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then, the disciples, sorry, then it came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Okay, I'm going to read up to verse that was 28. So we see a prophet, a New Testament prophet called Agabus. And we see him again in Acts 21. I'm going to read that quickly. We see agabus again in acts 21 and i'm going to read from verse um nine because that gives us a distinction between prophesying those who prophesy versus actually hold the office of a prophet so verse nine said and the same man speaking about philip had four daughters virgins which did prophesy they prophesied but they were not called prophets. And it says in verse 10, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he had come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews of the Jerusalem, at Jerusalem bind the man that own of this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So, what we can see here is, so in both times, we've seen that Agath, Agabus, at the prophet in offices, a of prophet he foretold. This was not confirmative. So the idea that a prophet has to like prophesying all about confirmation words, maybe if a person prophesying, it. but if they hold the office of a prophet, they are foretelling. If I go back to they foretell it doesn't mean they can't prophesy as well they can prophesy but they foretell okay so making that distinction it doesn't have to be confirmative you don't have to know it you know it when the prophet tells you your spirit bears witness okay and it comes to pass or it comes to pass because the prophet spoke it they're prophesying it if i go back to verse chapter 11 it actually says this um and stood up one of them in agabut and signified by the spirit that there should be great dearth it's almost like it's happening because he's speaking it like the lord does nothing about revealing it to his servant the prophet it literally it should be it's not would be or will be it's like should because he's saying it should happen right so both times we see him foretelling what's going to happen and it's comes it's not paul didn't know you know and then these lot didn't know that there was going to be a uh great death in the world but they knew now because the prophet spoke it so it's not a prophet who's office, someone who's pro, who's a prophet, or the office is a prophet. It's not has to, doesn't have to be a confirmative word. It's it's you're hearing it the first time that the prophet is saying it. Okay, so that's one thing to to make a distinction to understand. But yes, prophets can prophesy. I'm going to share that a bit later. So I'm going to pick up on two things from those two verses as well. So the first time we see Agabus, it says they came down, prophets speaking about a group of prophets or a company of prophets. So we see prophets can operate and as, as a company of prophets, they came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Who sent them it doesn't tell us that the church sent them it may have just been the lord that led them again when agabus came the second time he came by himself this time so we see prophets can operate in groups of prophets in company of prophets they can operate as individuals agabus had his own ministry you're not hearing you're not here in scripture is not telling us that it was someone like he was under an apostle's ministry that was sending him. He had his own ministry. The Lord sent him. Thus said the Holy Ghost. He had his own ministry. So a, a, a prophet can have their own ministry. They don't have to be under an apostle's ministry the way that we have made it to be said. They can also operate in company the prophets. And I really believe that most times the prophet has a, a family of, or like, you know, a tribe of prophets that they're a part of. It doesn't mean they have to be part of the same ministry by name, but they company together. They, they move together. So we see both okay Acts 13 as we read earlier prophets and teachers were the one leading the church so prophets can start and lead churches; it doesn't have to be an apostle okay so the idea that because someone started a church that they are an apostle is inaccurate but as we i'm going to probably i think one of my later points is speaking about the difference is that an apostle actually has god's order so in antioch i'm jumping but maybe this is the way the lord wants to go okay in antioch they didn't actually have the, the, they haven't established all of God's order yet. They had prophets and teachers, but that's not all that God wanted to be there. Okay, so we'll go into that a bit more so we see prophets can start and lead churches it doesn't have to be an apostle so this notion just because you started a church or you lead a church doesn't now upgrade you to be an apostle it's not an upgrade your grade is your grade your position in the body of Christ is set it's appreciating and and just being who it is that God's called you to be because we need them and as we read earlier in acts 15 prophet exhort with many words <laughs> and confirm the brethren they strengthen we see apostles strengthen in the body of christ too we see that in, again in acts 15 because paul paul and barnabas they wanted to go and to strengthen and confirm the brethren prophets can do that too they can go and they can strengthen the, brev- the brethren help to establish them ground them more because we know that the you know the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. ephesians 2 20 and so the apostle and prophet both do that you know they had there's a disbalance that that comes with both of them doing it the prophet through many words the bible actually really says that so we know a lot of speaking the prophet likes a lot of speaking but let's go to first corinthians 14 verse 29 so as i said prophets can prophesy it says, Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For you all may prophesy one by one, that all may learn and be comforted. And the spirit of the prophet are subject to the prophet. The prophets can also prophesy. We look how many things that we're saying. It's not just prophesying, though. They can do that, and it says here, Let them speak two or three. So, when they're prophesying, in terms of this prophesying that we're talking about, you know, edification, comfortation, exhortation, comfort, comfortation, comfort, that we see the Lord says, Let them speak two, you know, let the prophet speak two or three. So, we see because we prophesy in part. So, it's like, Let us. Speak, you know, so that we get a bigger picture when more than one prophet is speaking. So again, we see like a group or company of prophets that can work together. And if I go to verse thirty-seven, it says, "If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord." So Acts, First Corinthians is pretty much Paul bringing order as an apostle that's his grace. The prophet, remember, the prophet and the apostle lay a foundation. The prophet really helps to confirm and to acknowledge and to help you know the apostle know that the commandments that they're bringing the order that they're bringing really is from god yes this is from god that he says let them acknowledge that these commandments are from the lord the the apostle brings order and the apostle could just bulldoze and keep going whatever but the prophet really helped to bring that balance you know that relational balance a lot of those things so we just see that we see this here as well but the this this kind of we see i don't want to go into that but we see so many different Things that your prophet, the New Testament prophet is able to do. Just because they're able to do, say, church, start a church, lead a church, have their own ministry, does not upgrade you. It's not an upgrade. Again, I'm going to keep, probably keep saying it. They are just, they're, they're able to do it. It just depends on your calling, what you're able, how you're able to, the how of the work God's got you to do. But a prophet's grace is a prophet's grace. It doesn't change, okay? So, I'm going to move on to number four which is evangelist okay so it's point four because my first point was that there's only four offices not five but i'm going to move on to the third office which is evangelist okay and i've put slash miracles and i never really i done a video before about evangelists what is an evangelist so if you haven't watched that go check it out but putting them together because of first corinthians 2:28. and so first corinthians 2:28 again it says are all workers of miracles so it doesn't say workers does it say that oh yeah it does say workers are all workers of miracles so again speaking of people so it's a set office okay so putting the evangelists together with this because even when i look through scripture again the new testament whenever we're looking at evangelists, that's exactly what we're seeing as well we're seeing this working of miracles so i'm going to go through that as well biblical examples not taken from what we see out in our experience but what does the Bible reveal to us okay and using that as a mirror that we should or a pattern that we should go by okay so first of all i'm going to say that philip is the one person exclusively called an evangelist in scripture that's acts 21 verse 8 he's exclusively called that so let's first of all start by looking at him so acts 8 says that uh, i'm going to be from verse 5 to 13 and it says this Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people, with one accord, gave heed unto those things which Philip, Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with uh, palsy and that were lame were healed. And the joy was great in that city and there was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria giving out that himself was some great one to them to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying this man is the great power of God and to him they had regard because that a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries but when they believed Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So, we see miracles there a few times, and again, we see the Baptists. If you watched my video about what is an evangelist, one of the things that I spoke about an evangelist is that they are Baptists. They really get people saved and baptized, and then they move on. That's really what we see them do, okay? So, it also if we carried on reading we see again philip goes the lord leads he's led by the spirit of the lord and he goes to witness to an uh, ethiopian eunuch and again we see him preach Christ, we see him baptize and then we see him move on okay so we see this pattern with evangelists so some of the things i've written here is that they go out and they preach to, they preach to groups they perform miracles and signs they can also preach one-on-one they're led by the spirit okay they get people saved and baptized and they moved on so that's really some of the key things that we see about an evangelist looking at philip as from someone who's exclusively called an evangelist okay so because an event and again in all the evan- examples i'm going to say there's something in my face some um, examples i'm going to give we see the evangelists working by themselves and not saying that they don't have, they're not they not they can not have people helping them but again that an evangelist can have their own ministry because a person has their own ministry does not mean that they are an apostle. Okay, so their grace is really to get people to preach christ preach the kingdom it says here they believe the things about concerning the kingdom of god and the name of jesus christ so they got them saved and they got them baptized and then they moved on to where more people here need to hear this message whether it's one-on-one whether it's in group and again depending on a person's calling who you're called to okay then you know how you reach you know whether you're doing large things like some groups or one-on-one it's just going to depend on how the lord is leading okay so i'm going to read stephen now as well i'm going to use stephen as an example stephen in act six says this about stephen and stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people so again we see someone a worker of miracles okay and the thing about stephen as well is that He was more of a, like we see, he was obviously the first martyr. We see him really having to defend the faith and he preached, you know, but he was one who really could out stiff neck, stiff neckedness that's how i don't, I don't mean stiff like stiff neck nextness i don't know how to say it he really calls it out like we see a similar thing with john the baptist like you brood of vipers like he called it out to those who are like religious those who are just stiff neck he called that out and obviously he got martyred but we see that as in, from the evangelist as well right but he really contends against that religious spirit that that stiff neck spirit and he preaches okay so with both philip and stephen it's quite a key thing though you know we're going to talk about the process process again okay is that both philip and stephen were actually deacons before they started their work as evangelists and this is really key because we just think oh someone just gets saved today and let them just go and start their own ministry as an evangelist but actually we see through scripture that both of them were deacons before that they became evangelist before they started their work as evangelists, so their grace was always there your grace is set. Jesus gave some, some, some. You know these are the set office, set offices. But you're not yet fulfilling the work. And so the evangelists, both times, these two, anyway, we see that they were both deacons. And the thing about a deacon is that the deacon's role. You know, we read in Acts six, verse one to six, and it was really to allow the apostles to devote themselves to prayer, and ministry of the word, right? And then um, they ministered to tables. So they basically served the physical needs of the body. And so, you know, an evangelist, and a key thing was that they had to seek out honest men, men of good rapport, um, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and so that they could be appointed over this. So they they showed themselves. When we look later in in scripture, we see that there's, there's qualifications to be a deacon. So it, it's somebody who has good character who's proved themselves qualified as a servant before they just go out and start doing ministry okay so we again we're seeing a process we're seeing it's not just go out and start having a ministry and it sounds some people be like but it sells you know but we still have to have to be full of the holy ghost be full of wisdom have the character of god so that the kingdom of god is not like your You later on and we've heard this in our You know, throughout the history of, you know, great evangelists who then fall because of character things or things in their personal life because, you know, perhaps they didn't go through that process they needed to go through. So we see this with both Philip and Stephen that um, they they first of all served as deacons before they started their ministry as evangelists yes at the time when, ev- when the deacon was established it was to allow the apostles so that they could preach minister the word but then it says that after the persecution that arose after stephen all right that it was because at that time only the jews were hearing so so even at that time but they were still in jerusalem <laughs> so the persecution caused for a scattering to go further and so the evangelist allows does that that initial work of reaching people wherever but we see that again they just get people saved and baptized and they move on it was you know when they, they heard about it they got the like john and peter for example went down and they set things in order that needed to be said like they needed to be baptized in the holy ghost they set things in order okay so the evangelist just does his work gets people saved baptized moves on that's the evangelist's core work but again we see this having a heart for the physical needs of people and so not just their soul but also their physical needs and caring on both sides and the lord training them through caring for the physical needs of people and developing their character before they step into a leadership role or start their own ministry right okay so gonna move on now to so like i said uh one thing i'm gonna mention is that paul actually said to Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. So, when we think about what's the work of an evangelist, so doing the work of an evangelist, it may not be your grace, you know, in terms of that's your office, but you can do the work. So, he said to Timothy, who we know is an apostle, do the work of an evangelist. So the work of an evangelist is distinctly described as what I shared here in terms of get people saved and baptized. That's the work of an evangelist, but there's more that has to be done after that. The people need to be established, they need to be set into the things to be set in order, they need to put, be put into a a, a church family and a church family is not i'm saying church is the body of christ family okay because it looks different depending on who you're called to and what how god wants to work with these group of people okay but there's certain things that have to be set in order and the apostle had that pattern okay so number five i'm going to say so like i said evangelists we saw the evangelists consistently working by themselves when it comes to their evangelistic ministry they just went out they didn't but with the apostle we actually see something different we see them working in minimal pairs which is actually very different to the mindset that i guess we have in this generation where it's kind of like the apostle is this big dog up here and they don't i don't know don't need anybody or we just rub shoulders or whatever but we actually see these teams so just going to give a few examples We see, we always see them together. So, for example, whether it was John and Peter, like, we see John and Peter often working together. Or we see Paul and Silas together. We see Barnabas and Saul together. So, even when the Lord called, separated, um, separated Saul and Barnabas, he did it, them together. And then even when, when they were going to move on, even though, like, Barnabas and Saul had a separation in their relationship, they still took someone else with them, an apostle with them. Okay, so we see this consistent working in pairs. Paul peter and john often work together and even to be fair when peter wherever Peter, whenever it was always somebody else like they didn't just go by themselves so it's just seeing how the lord had laid these things in scripture he put things in there on purpose so it's like okay lord you don't just want apostles to just be just one lone soldier and yes we often say like you know prophets need to work with the apostles. and that is very true but even throughout reading scripture the apostle the prophet and the prophet and the apostle laid the foundation but i don't really see the the team the way that we see the apostle team like apostles together and then like uh, like we saw prophets coming to apostles prophets coming or like they're being prophets in a local assembly and then obviously having having a relationship because of the connection the, the connection and relationship but not necessarily doing the work together prophets can have their own ministry as well so we're seeing this looking specifically in scripture not just taking our how we do things and saying that's the way that it should be okay so um yeah so just sticking on that even so in the apostles team so even though they work together yes they may have been so what i'm saying is that there was always apostles working together even if one you know was the lead speaker or the lead in the ministry so but they still had a grace and they both had a grace as apostles so with paul and barnabas it says if i just quickly read um acts 14 verse 12 it says this and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker and again when we see um, Peter and John so let me just use Acts 3 as an example so when they healed the lame man again it was Peter that spoke most times you know Peter was the one that spoke most time even on the day on the day of Pentecost again it was Peter that spoke so we see that there may be one who takes the lead in terms of speaking on the speaking front but they can both still be apostles and again it could be husband and wife team but both being apostles both having the great as as apostles but one still may have the lead in terms of um Speaking or the leading of the ministry because you know throughout we see like in Paul's company that like Timothy and Silas were both apostles but Paul was the leader of the ministry so they still had the grace of apostle though so just seeing that distinction as well so I'm gonna move on now to point number six which I think is my last point which is basically that an established church has elders so as we've seen prophets can start churches and in the church we can have teachers as well and from acts 13 like still for, looking for i didn't see any the only time i saw people distinctly called, being called teachers were actually prophets in training we know that people taught but we don't see any we don't have any names of these people right but the prof apostles who were in training we knew that their grace was the apostle, we, they were called teachers, and so, um, but having a church which is prophets and teachers was not an established church, okay? Because we see that Paul later comes back, Paul and Barnabas come back to Antioch later, and they establish elders. When we look in the scripture, we see that Jerusalem had elders, we see that. Uh, Judea had elders but it was later on after Paul and Barnabas had been released for their work while they were still operating as teachers waiting to be separated for the work as apostles they didn't actually establish that order yet okay but it's once they were released that they established that order and they came back and they set up um elders okay so let me just read Acts 14 verse 21 to 23 it says this and when they had departed, sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples. We see that word confirming again, strengthening, which the prophet can do that as well, and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must go through much tribulation and through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of god and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting they commended them to the lord and on whom they believed so now they were establishing elders and it's plural in every church plural eldership was a thing that we saw that was what established church a church without an elder without elders was not an established church and it was the apostles who established that order okay so Jerusalem had that we saw from Acts 15 when Paul and Barnabas had a problem in Antioch they went to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders so it was like the apostles and elders were like this council if you will okay and that's one of the reasons why I believe that Acts 20 1 Corinthians 12 when it's 28 when it's talking about governments which is um believed to be like wise council okay it's like that's what we're seeing with the elders we see this government so i believe there's a distinction between the grace of having um uh, the grace of pastor teacher which i believe is the fourth the fourth grace okay but we owe the scriptures only so what i said before in temple, there's no scriptures where we see somebody specifically called a teacher and i believe that's on purpose because you can have the grace of a teacher the grace of a pastor but the Lord doesn't. It doesn't seem to be acknowledged in Scripture unless you become an elder, which means that you've gone through a process, you've qualified. So it's like okay, you have a grade, but without qualifying, there's no, this, there's no recognition of it, so so to speak. Like not to say that no one can identify you have a grade, but now they're qualified in your character. That's the thing that the Scripture seems to make known. If you qualify in your character, then yes, you're you're acknowledged as an elder. You can become an elder. It's an office that you can you can um, desire. So I'm going to read that in a moment. So let me read Titus 1. Becoming an elder. So elder and bishop is an interchangeable word. They both refer to the same public position, public leadership role. Okay. You're a shepherd, you're an overseer. You watch out for the souls of the, of the family, the flock that the Lord has, that you're established over. Okay. But it says this. Is this. For this cause, Titus 1 verse 5, left I in Crete that thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. The things that are wanting, which means that it's something that needs, is to set in order. In order to, to be order, a church to be established and there to be order in that place, the body of Christ to have an order structure there, biblical order, there has to be elders. We're not talking about one Lead pastor, senior pastor We're not talk that's not the model. It's literally elders, plural, like a wise council in that place. That's what's the things that are wanting. If any be blameless and a husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as a shield of God, not self willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a love of hospitality and a love of good men. Sober, just holy, temperate holding fast the word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gay sayers gain sayers so there's this thing of having reputable character is that the right words to say guys i'm good at the you know the, the, the lingo let me know but basically they have to have be blameless but they also have to be able to exhort and convince the thing that they've been taught so what we see is this idea that imagine in a body of believers so you know an evangelist has gone there or and a prophet or whoever has established a community of believers at church but it's not established yet because there's no elders so what has to happen is people have to be raised up they have to be taught and they're gonna naturally be people that you can see they have a pastoral grace they have a teaching grace okay and they're not necessarily going to be apostles that's not their grade their grades is actually their pastor teacher that's their grade but they have to go through a process they have to learn they have to grow and then you know once they are their character has been matured then they can be established as elders you know part of the council the wise council the the shepherds the overseers the people that watch over the souls of the body in that place region whatever it is okay so this is the model that seems to be there it's not this singular leadership and it's one where there's bishops and we see that a bishop doesn't necessarily not again so there's a distinction between the grace and then the office of a bishop because it says in for example first timothy three this is a true saying if any desire the office of a bishop he desire for good work so you can desire this work so it's not necessarily that you're going to be not every person is called to be a bishop you know it's not every person going to be a bishop But if you desire it, it's a good work it's a work so remember we've spoken so often about being separated for the work the work is separate from the grace even though they're connected but they're not the same the grace and the work are actually separate things that we're talking about sometimes we lump it all together someone's got the grace of a pastor doesn't necessarily mean that they are operating in the work of a pastor the work of a bishop or elder but similarly we see in scripture that apostles can be bishops prophet remember paul judas and silas what it says were chief among them among the apostles and elders and we know later that silas became an apostle but judas does that mean that they were elders they were leaders they were leaders in their jerusalem okay they were part of that you know council they chose them to go and then it says that um yeah and then also who did i say now apostles prophets and pastors teachers so basically the five four ministry can be elders we don't see evangelists being called because evangelists like we said they're getting up and they just moving on, moving on, moving on all the time, right? But the apostles' role is to actually set that order. And so they are not, they they can basically, all of them, apart from the evangelist, in scripture are mentioned to also be, can take the role of a bishop or elder. That's the same, they mean the same thing, okay? They can take a role of overseeing, being part of the wise council of this body, helping to shepherd the body. We're talking about the shepherd, shepherding of the body we're talking about the shepherding of the body okay so all of the fivefold ministry you know the, besides the evangelist in scripture can be elders can be bishops you know peter says he's an elder john said that he was an elder okay so it's possible to be an apostle and be an elder prophets like i use judas and silas it says chief among them okay they chief is talking about leaders and we know the elders is a leader leadership position and we know that they were not a, they were not apostles in jerusalem because remember apostles are also called to a specific place when paul says that he's an apostle he says he's an apostle i'm the the apostle of the gentiles so you're an apostle to somebody you're not an apostle to everybody that's your grace but you're not an apostle to everyone you're an apostle to who you're called to okay and so pastor teachers those are the grace of that can also be elders And we know that there's always many people teaching in the the church because one example is Acts 15 which I read earlier before Paul decided that he wanted to go back and visit all the churches that they had ministered at it says in Acts 15 verse 35 that they stayed a while and that they preached and let me just read it quickly. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. With many others also. This is after they've established they've established elders now, so that means there's many others. So in any body of believers, there should never be one person that ministered, one person that's the teacher, one person that is the preacher. There has to be many. That is the God-given biblical order an established church an established church has plural leadership we're talking about family we're talking about relationships because if you keep having it takes like we talk about it takes like it's not a biblical saying but it takes a village to you know raise a child for example and it's the same when it comes spiritually it's like you need a a a council there's wisdom in counsel you know there's safety in counsel so the lord has said that there's counsel but it's the the lord needs an apostle there first because they need he needs an apostle to set things in order they have the grace to set things in order we need the prophets because they bring that balance to say yep this is god's order to confirm and to exhort the brethren but the the prophet can also establish lead they can do these things doesn't necessarily make them an apostle they that you see that we see the distinction in all these things okay so let's just read a couple things about elders and then i'm just going to end it there i pray that this has blessed you guys first timothy uh five 17 to 19 says this let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labourer is worthy of his reward. Again, an elder received not an acquisition, accusation, Sorry, but before two or three witnesses. So, an elder is called to rule. You know, and Jesus' model of ruling is servitude. That's Jesus' model of ruling. It's watching out. You're devoting your life to the, the family that you're called to. Okay? So... It said, especially those who labour in the word and doctrine. So we know not every single elder is necessarily going to be the one who labours in the word and doctrine because, like the, it said in Ephesians, it's some pastors and teachers, which means that some people are tending more to the pastoral side than the teaching side. But we have both in the eldership. Okay? It's so beautiful. And so Hebrews thirteen seventeen says this. obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you so they literally watch over your soul that's the role of an elder okay they literally shepherd they take care of god's people they lead by example and character which is why qualification qualification character qualification is so important if you can't look after your own house how can you look after the house of God but that's God's biblical model for elders you know to lead by example to shepherd his people to watch over their souls to lead to be servant leaders to be servant leaders and you need plural leadership for a community you need for every city every church you need plural leadership that's just the model because to really watch over the souls to invest in people she just spends time to invest in 12 men i don't know how we think that we can invest in that many people you know that's why yeah so true discipleship we need elders to be established so we need the fact ministry god has his order and so he has the first because they set that order. Then prophets because we need the foundation to be laid. We then have evangelists because we need more more souls. We need the body to be know how to do that better. And we need the bishops. We need pastors and teachers. But before they can be established as pastors and teachers, they have to go through quali- character qualification. And then they are, you know, appointed as elders. And again, par- prophets and apostles can also... Do that work too. They can do that work too. Apostles and prophets can also be bishops. They can do that work too. And again, it goes down to what are you called to do, and there's different types of calling. So I'm going to end it there because I don't want to go into the different types of callings But you know, I really pray this has bless you. So in summary of everything else said, there is basically all the fivefold have a qualification process. You know, Abba's desire for us is to become sons of God. Being a son is higher than. Is what else? What's higher than being a son of God? Obviously, being the bride, being one of God. You know, it's different way of saying it. But being one—that's the highest calling. Being getting into the holies of holies, looking up there because looking at a diagram. But they're getting in, being one with God. That's the highest calling. You know, being one with God, be serving Him as His priest. And obviously, that means you have to go through a process because you cannot truly serve His people without going through that pe- through that process, having His heart. Okay all the fivefold are called to equip the saint the body of christ and so each office works in a different way and again each individual is called can be called to different local cross-cultural social civil but again fivefold ministers are called to the body of christ if you say you have a civil calling or slash marketplace another way of saying it but you don't equip the body of christ you're not a fivefold minister the fivefold ministry calling is for the body of christ okay even though it may be out there outside of the traditional church building okay it is still a call to the church and the people of god that we're called to equip okay so we need all four graces we need all four offices we need all four because we need fullness and we need balance when we all come together we see the bigger picture of how things and it just flows when we read the new testament it just flows i tried to break it and pull it out so we can see it But it just flowed and it just worked. And that's how it has to just work. Relationships is really how God works. And it's just so amazing. And so if we all just be who he's called us to be and do what he's called us to do, we will just see the bigger picture come. But we need true apostles because they are the ones who establish God's order. And that's where everyone else can actually flourish in the fullness of what they're called to do as well. So I'm going to just finish with Ephesians 4. So we just see, you know, remind us of why... We have the fivefold and what where we're actually heading so and he gave some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplyeth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So may we get to that place in the machine. And I pray that you've been blessed, guys. And I'll see you next time on Wedder Tree. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you